Hi, everyone. It's the Neil Haley Show, simulcast with the Gratitude Radio Network, your beautiful day. And I'm excited to welcome the program, Jen Mogg and Pearl Sharenza. Guys, another awesome guest we have today. How are you? Hey, I'm doing really good. I'm having a wonderful week of gratitude. And I want to thank everybody that's listening and making us a part of your beautiful day. And what can I say, Neil? What can I say? You did it again. And I am so happy that we have Lake with us and she's going to be talking about her music and her impact on the world. So, yay. Thanks, Lake, for stopping by. Hey, everybody. Hey, so I'm Pearl Lake and I'm um, the owner of Women's Successful Living. And I love being on with Neil and Jen because it goes right along with what I do with my girls that I work with and empowering them to find their inner pearl of greatness. So I'm excited to hear about you and, and learn a little bit more about you and your story. Amazing. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me, y'all. All right. So let's kind of just start out in specific question. I would like to ask the first question. Uh, where did you grow up? You're hearing y'all a lot of times in your, uh, yeah. Well, I, I always um, try to stay gender neutral when referring to people just, um, you know, because you never know what someone's preferred pronouns are. If someone prefers she or he or they or them. Um, so I always want to stay respectful of that. But funnily enough, I did grow up in Dallas, Texas. Yeah, but then I moved to LA when I was 19 and everybody gave me a hard time for saying y'all. So I switched to like everything else. And then I was like, no, y'all make sense because it's gender inclusive. So it does go back to growing up in Texas, but it's also gender inclusive. So I think it's, it's kind of two, two part for me. <laughs> right. And that's what I was able to see. Just even though you're when you sing, you definitely don't have any sort of Southern accent at all. But you hear that just a little bit of that draw. Sometimes you talk. So that's what like, I, yeah. I totally get where you're coming from in California. So I grew up in North Carolina. And my parents um, took We're us from we, we went to Florida for a little bit. And then we headed out to California. Free. And when I went to California, they, they were giving me a hard time because my accent from North Carolina was like, I used to do you all and pass the taters and all that stuff. So I, I told you, okay, I got to switch this up a little bit. So it's <laughs> so cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's funny. But it's gender inclusive. So I like y'all for that. I think y'all's a, a great um, way to refer to individuals. So that's a great tweet that you should put out. Yeah. yeah. That'd be a great tweet for that. that I like that. That's great. Awesome. Yeah. All right, Jen, first question for Lake. Tell me about your music and how it came to you. On this new EP that's coming out, we really pushed into a different world for me. Um, I'm not, I, you know, I've always been in the rock world. And then the last couple EPs I put out went into dream pop, which still mixes in a, number of live instruments this new ep we went really into the pop world but left of center pop so it still has edge and um my producer really pushed me into this genre and i think that i never thought i was a pop girl you know because i was always so punk rock and i was always a rocker and um now i feel like i'm doing music that is more expressive of who i am than i've ever done so i feel like i've tapped into this whole other side of myself by pushing myself out of the box into this new kind of pop world. But music for me, it just comes to me. You know, I just, I write and I create. And then at a point I was like, I need to start putting this into some type of something sound based because it just, I wanted to sing. And 
it just, it's been just sort of naturally came to me throughout my life, you know? So when, when you say it naturally came to you, did you go to school for it? Is it something that you just got into and just started going to the clubs and, and how did you get the connections? Well, I went to, you know, I grew up, um, I started dancing when I was very small and I got into like musical theater when I was a kid and in high school. And I was, so I was always performing and I was like a serious, you know, dancing like six days a week, the ballet, tap, jazz in Texas at a very intense studio and doing all that and, and also singing and doing musical theater. And then at a point I was like, I need to move to LA. It just makes sense for me. So when I got here, I just immersed myself in the scene and started going out and meeting people, um, meeting different musicians. And then I went to MI for a little bit, which is a music school here in LA, the Musicians Institute. And I met some musicians through that. And I started to just cultivate relationships that, you know, leads to the next person and the next person. And eventually after many years, I got in touch with Adrian Gervitz, <laughs> who I work with now, who's incredible and amazing he's worked with andrew day and um transviolet and pixie lot and just all kinds of great artists um and yeah it just you know it was many a year i moved here when i was 19 and i'm 37 now so it's definitely been many 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 years of work to get here and climbing little steps baby steps to learn the industry but i got there you know <laughs> finally <laughs> When you moved to LA, were you just moved there by yourself? Did you have family there? Did you have friends there? Or did you just... I honestly didn't know anybody in Los Angeles. Um, I was 19 and I literally finished packing my Forerunner at like, like 1.30 in the morning because we were supposed to leave at like 2 o'clock in the afternoon and me and my friend John, who I drove out here with, who I friend I've known for years, um drove cross country with me my dad was like why don't you wait till tomorrow and where i was like no we, you know i just i've got to leave today it's like you know I, I set a date it's one of those things it's a big deal you know we just drove you know we drove for two days we stopped a little bit along the way and got here and i knew this one girl from high school that i kind of knew you know that lived out here that i had contacted that i stayed with for a few weeks and then i got my own place but i didn't really know anyone i just kind of just came out on a hope chance and a prayer that it would work out, you know, and you just kind of follow your gut. And so when you're young, you, you do that. You, you got to do that. And I feel like that's something I would still do to this day. You know, I, I go for stuff. I've just always been like that. Mm -hmm. That's the important thing you have to do. Get out of your comfort zone to be successful, right? If you just stay what, mm -hmm. just what's safe, you're not going to get the opportunity. You're not going to get to do something that you really want to do. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I totally, I totally get that. I love that, you know, at 19, you just, I it just went off, you know, you had, you had a goal and that's, it's really cool that you at such a young age realize you have a goal, set the goal and go for it. Don't let anything stand in your way. Like, you know, sure, you could have told you that, okay, I'll stay. And then who knew, who knew what could have happened, you know? So you're like, no, I'm going to yeah. go. I've got this goal. And, you know, I mean, it's at 17, I had a goal. I didn't want to move out of my parents' house when I graduated high school because I had a very strict military father. So I did it. It's like, so going after a goal, I think it's really cool that you are doing that and following that. What would you say has been the hardest part of that goal for you? And, you know, that as you made that transition, yeah, you knew a couple of people out there, but what's been the hardest part and that brought you to where you are today? I think there's, I mean, I've made a lot of mistakes and there's been a lot of learning curves. Coming from somewhere like 
Dallas, Texas, even though Dallas is a very big city and it's a metropolitan city and I didn't grow up in, you know, a small town and I grew up right in the city, it's not Los Angeles and it's not the music industry. And the music industry, just like any other industry, but perhaps more than any other industry, I feel like is one of the sharkiest industries. And it just, it's, people are out there to get whatever they need to get a lot of the times. And I think that coming from Texas, I had a lot of, not that there's not people like that in Texas, it's just on a different level when you're putting it in an industry like the entertainment industry. So people definitely are there to get what they need from you and take advantage of situations. You know, um, and, and, you know, so you're, you know, a lot of things I, I see where I worked for free, you know, it happens to a lot of my friends that are influencers and artists, musicians and makeup artists and people in the industry on so many different levels, actors, you know, this like work for a picture or work for a, you know, they're taking advantage of your time or maybe saying they're going to help you out in certain ways and really just wasting your time. I mean, I, I've done, you know, I did, you know, video shoots, you know, when you, you're trying to get exposure and they give you pizza and a beer for payment, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. when I was younger and, and it's like, Those are and steps. It's, these are like big artists and stuff. It's like, that's not acceptable. Like stuff like that. So I think I was definitely learning her for me to be like, okay, I need to learn to value my, my time. I need to know who to give my energy to. I really need to be, you know, cognizant of, not everybody is out there to really help you, you know, so right. that was a learning curve, you know. So, so to build on that, so if you, if there's a young artist that's listening to you, if it's, it's like what you said there, you know, we hear sometimes with the industry, if there was a young artist that's listening right now, what would you, what would be the biggest piece of advice you could say to them as they're wanting to make that big move like to LA or even New York? I definitely think, um, be more prepared uh, financially than you think you should be to a place like Los Angeles or New York. I'm going to be real, like stay an extra month or two, save a little bit extra. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not going to hurt. Be like, it, because it always costs more than you think it's going to in the first place. So that is huge. Um, be, be, be prepared for that. Be, be aware. Having maybe a little bit of a landing pad is good. I think, you know, finding, you know, somewhere through a friend or, you know, there's a lot of online forums that are, really vetted where you can figure out a situation. So you're not just moving without, you know, trying to, you know, cause it, 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 these departments and stuff like can be really hard to get. So I think those couple of things can make it a little more comfortable, but on the artist side of things, I think, you know, be willing to work with whoever you can and really willing to put yourself out there, but make sure that you value yourself and your time and realize that you are worth something just cause you're coming from a small town or from somewhere else. Doesn't mean that you just have to do whatever anybody wants you to do, you know, like stay in your comfortability level and value yourself and realize that you have worth, even though you're just starting out, but do be willing to, you know, think, go outside of the box and experience new things and try new things, obviously that are like within your comfortability level, um, uh, to, to push yourself too. you know, you have to find that balance. I think that's very important. Staying true to yourself while growing. That's great advice, Blake. I love that. That's that awesome. Mm -hmm. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So thinking about your music, and I, I just commented just watching your video with Snoop, how beautiful a singer you are. So are you, so you were not classically trained, just, just, it just came to you? Like what music was the kind of start where you knew you were a singer? Because you're more than just a singer. And you know. Well, the first time because I've been dancing, I literally was in my first, like on stage when I was like three, like two and a half, three years old in like a tap, like, like 
I think by three was when the recital was on. It was my first like performance. I was like in the tap class. I was like a year younger than everyone else. I was like a step behind all the other kids because I was really little. But I just really wanted to be a dance. My sisters danced and my mom put me in. So by the time I was like, I think I was like eight or nine and I did like a summer program at my dance studio and one of the things was musical theater based and so you learned like a whole part in musicals and you you got to act that out at the end and do a whole performance and I got to be in their production the production of Annie and do this whole the part of Annie and it was a whole big deal and I was like had the best time and the the teacher went to my mom and was like she's got a voice like she's really good because she used to work on Broadway this teacher she was on she performed on Broadway and she was quite well known um, Sherry Rakuzin was her name. She's quite amazing. Hi, Sherry, if you're out there. Um, and she said, she's got a voice on her, pay attention. And my mom was like, okay. And so, you know, I kind of started getting involved in, in things around Dallas with musical theater and stuff at that point. And then I did start taking vocal lessons um, when I was in my teens. At that point, I was like, it's time for me to start taking some vocal lessons. I don't think I really got serious about them until I was probably around 17. But I was, I was taking, started taking vocal lessons in my teens. So I did have training. And then I came, of course, out here to MI and I got a lot more training. So I, I, I was lucky to have training along the way as well. But it, it just kind of, I was always singing when I was a kid. It was one of those things and it just translated, you know? Yep. Jen, next question for Lake. Who do you want to work with? Oh, goodness. That's the list. Give me the list. A, that's a big one. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Whoa. I'm on the spot. I'm, on the spot. Okay. I'm obsessed with Shirley Manson from Garbage. Um, and do you know Garbage, the band Garbage? Yeah. They're huge, big band. Started out in the, in the 90s. They hit big, and they she never stopped. I mean, I saw her a few years ago at... Um, the Masonic Lodge at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. They put on shows here in LA. I saw them a few years ago. They are just so good. They continue to get better. Um, I would love to work with her. She's amazing. She's kind of a goddess to me. Um, I am really, really into um, an artist named Diana Gordon. I've mentioned her in a couple different articles I've written. She's uh, produced a bunch of stuff for a ton of artists, including um, individuals like Beyonce. She's uh, now putting out a lot of her own stuff and she's really, really talented. She would be incredible to write and work with and perform with. I mean, she's amazing. Um, then there's an artist that I actually wrote some of the music on my album with, Sarah McTaggart. And she is in a band called Transviolet. And she, I just, me and Sarah has such a vibe. We had such a great time writing the, the EP. It was so fun. We have such a vibe and our music feels like it would vibe together really well. So I'd love to do a tour with her and her band. That would be really cool. <laughs> Very cool. All right, Pearl. So, um, so, you know, I'm much older than some of this, these names you're mentioning, but I've got 23 year old kids here. So I'm, you know, I'm like, when my boys first got that garbage, I'm like, what? <laughs> so no, they're I, great band. No, I know. I I listened to some of it, but I was sitting. You know, I said I was sitting here and um, listening to some of the music videos that you've done, and and my it was really pretty cool when my son's like, "You're listening to her." I'm like, "Well, yeah. Why?" I want you know. So it's pretty cool. Awesome. My kids were the same like, thing when I was when I was uh, researching. My kids <laughs> were saying the same thing to me. I'm but like, yes. okay. 
And then one of, my, yeah. one, of my, one of my friends who's a rapper, he's like, because when you were working with Snoop, he's like, oh man, he, he was telling me. And so, you know, but yeah. it's, I, it's yeah. interesting you have a variety of styles, but go ahead. Yeah, so that's why I think it's really awesome that, you know, and so in taking that, so now you're there in LA, right? And so you've, you've been there, what, since you were 19. So what do you think of LA today? And what, how has the music industry changed since you were there when coming there at 19? I think the music industry has changed so much for the better. Like when I came, when I was, you know, 19, that was like 2002. It was so, you know, you had to be on a huge label. You had to, it, the internet was sort of starting to do its thing because of like Napster and all the kinds of things I'm probably mentioning that kids are not even knowing about anymore. But I mean, you know, the, all that was starting to happen, but you know, that's when like fans were suing them and blah, 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 blah you know, all that drama. So it was kind of a weird time in the music industry of kind of a changing of the guard, so to speak, and how they were doing things. And we were going over to streaming within those, or the 2000s in the first decade, you know, it was starting in the start of the streams came in like the beginning of, you know, 2010 on the type thing. It's so it's like, I might be off on a year or two, but you get what I'm saying. Right. So I, it was an interesting time. And I think it was a very difficult time for anybody to break in because you had to have a lot more funding and a lot more of this and a lot more of that to get there. Now, with platforms like Spotify and SoundCloud and different, just everything out there, the playing field has been leveled on a lot of ways. Uh, definitely, obviously, major labels and all these, they have a ton of money. They can go put $4 million behind one single with advertising. An independent artist like me and everyone else, we can't do that or anything even slightly with, that's like not even close, you know, but it's still cool because like I have a way to get my music out there. Whereas before I wouldn't, you know, I can find my niche through like platforms like Instagram and Spotify and in various social media platforms and streaming platforms. And really, you know, artists couldn't do that before. So I think there's an opportunity there. And if you can really get in there and you know how to utilize social media and the internet, correct, you know, like the right ways, you can really find your fans. And that's amazing. That access, like there's kids in the Amazon, there's kids in like, you know, like countries that never would have been able to access and sitting with iPhones now that can access and stream your stuff. Like you can, there's a whole world out there. You're not just controlled by like the music industry's reach anymore. It's like how far you can take yourself in some ways. And that's amazing, you know? So there's more power in the artist's hands now. So I think it's amazing like that, you know? That's, that's awesome. And that, that, you know, even you can take what you said there and bring it into life because in life you don't have to be, you know, I always talk about genders as I was talking about being shackled. You don't have to be shackled by, you know, what the industry of whatever you're doing is. You can step out with and make your own voice, make your own, you know, platform and come out of the box. So I think it's awesome how far we have come that, you know, artists like yourself don't have to rely on giving up probably a lot more than you want to give up to the big label possibly, but that in taking that to even real life, you can don't let anything stop you, you know, just because the big guy, you know, the big, you know, whatever are out there are saying, well, this is our world. You can go in and break in the world because there's other ways to do it. I think that's awesome. Like you said that you're reaching across countries, you know, you're affecting and impacting other people in other countries. I think it's awesome. I mean, yeah, I have, I have a small, I have like a good following in like Indonesia and that, you know, the South Pacific area of the world, you know, 
I would never be able to no. have my music in areas like that without Spotify and Instagram and, and you right. know, these this pocket of kids found me and it grew and they spread it to their friends. And now I have like these teenagers in like these right. countries that are so far away from where I am in California that like are following me and I'm like, that's amazing. So it's not as limited as it used to be. You right. know I mean? and, and then I think you, the other point of what you're talking about is Spotify, you, there's money to be made in this. If you grow the following different things where in 20, in 2002, you have to sell your album or you have to be on a big label. There is no other way except touring or performing to make money. Now with streams, like my buddy, he tells me his streams, he makes a living, not, I mean, a side hustle, and it's not really his full thing. And that a full-time artist has opportunities, possibilities, maybe five years that wouldn't, wouldn't have had because of the big exactly. record labels. Exactly. And, or go viral on YouTube on a couple things and look out, right? You'll be exactly good money. It all uh, gives an opportunity. Then the big record labels want to come. Then the labels come, right? Isn't that true? Mm -hmm. The more bigger than they come after you because they don't want you to be independent anymore because they don't want you to take away from that. So it's, it's yeah, they're scared of, I think there's a bit of a fear Maybe I shouldn't be saying that, but I think there's a bit of a fear there. You know, I mean, that's what happened with the White Stripes. And then that was before any of all this. They told we're selling out in like independent record shops, just they're all of their albums. And they sold like, you know, however many thousands of albums on their own. And the labels were like, oh no, what's happening? And so they got uh, basically like a totally creative control deal when they signed their deal because of I had the power at that point. But that doesn't really happen in that day and age. They were like a unicorn you know <laughs> but now it's happening more because of things like this yeah so i totally yeah and that's what i love about just speaking i started out as a radio show and now podcasting so gigantic it's crazy but that's the thing that we don't need the news or the media we can create our own brand our own media our own stuff and our own audience like mm -hmm. jen's doing with gratitude radio because a different audience than the mainstream and that's what people are wanting right jen yeah and one of the things on um when i used to have my show a beautiful day is i would have musicians come and knock on our door and said hey man can we come on your show and, and we're selling our cds out of the trunk i love that you know and oh, can you play it for me and i'm like come on the show let's get, see what you got you know and put that's amazing that's like so diy like i love that i love it like well you're guerrilla marketing you know, yeah. knocking on that's the door. Like, that's like, you got it. You got to hustle. You got to get your stuff out there. You know, like you've got to for believe in yourself. You know, if you don't believe in yourself, like no one is going to believe in you. And I know that sounds cliche, but it's really I'm true. You know? that, though. I'm going to tweet that for uh, 32 after. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to have that because you're right. And that's that's the only way that it happens. Mm -hmm. You have to get really creative and make those. <laughs> you have to make those. Um, relationships with people and partner with them and have, you know, they're your, they're your tribe that you're putting together that, that mm -hmm. can inspire you and move forward. And yeah. A support system is really important. People you can create with is really important. And, you know, just keeping that drive is so important. Keeping it going forward. Now tell me about moving forward. Back up a little bit and tell us how you ended up with Snoop Dogg. How did, tell me about that story. Well, it's, 
I literally just called my producer and was like, let's do a cover of this song Happier. I think it would be really cool. I think we could do a cool version. And he was like, okay, yeah, I'm down. And then he calls me back like an hour later and he's like, what if we did it with Soup Dog? And I was like, okay, yeah. Like what if we did it with like Lady Gaga or like, what if we just like did it with, I don't know, anyone you can think of, you know, like sure, no big deal. And he was like, no, I know him and I worked with him before and you know, we, yeah, I talked about us doing something. I was like, maybe we could do the song and we could, you know, make it involved, get involved with like something for, you know, an outreach situation in, you know, and he was like, well, Snoop is really into stuff like that. You know, he has Snoop special stars and he, you know, is very into giving back to the community. Sorry, my dog just jumped up. <laughs> and, um, and he, we were getting involved with child help, which is a organization that helps children that, um, have been victims of trauma and abuse and they help them through recovery and get them, you know, help and, and therapy and different things that they need. It's a really amazing organization. So we got together and at that Christmas, we actually got together and me and my um, friend Zena, who is, also does my hair and makeup, she is here now. Uh, <laughs> she did my hair and makeup today. She's behind the scenes in all PPE and everything. Um, we're very careful. Um, she, uh, is, uh, she came with me and we drove out to child help camp and we brought a bunch of gifts to the kids. It was really amazing. And Snoop heard about it and was like, I'd love to get involved. Could I put a verse on the song? And it kind of just happened organically. Like, like Adrian mentioned it to him and Adrian knew him and it just happened. And Snoop wanted, you know, then was like, let's get involved with Snoop Special Stars. And it turned into a thing for these two nonprofits. And it was just a really cool experience. It just, he's a really giving person and he's just, I've honestly never worked with I've never worked with someone that big, first of all, ever. That's definitely the top for me, you know, at, yeah, for sure. But he came in the room and shook every single person's hand and met every person. It was so kind. It was so nice and was so, you know, just was like, just be chill and you're going to be great. And I'm so happy to be here. Your song sounds great. And I was like, I'm supposed to be saying that you're great. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like this is a surreal moment for me. So yeah, it was, it was really cool. It was a really great experience. That is awesome. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm surprised I pulled it off because I was like, I don't want to look like a fool next to Snoop. He's so <laughs> cool, you know? <laughs> but I think the thing that you're doing is you're capitalizing from that experience. That was in 2019, right? Coming into that, the next step in your career. Mm -hmm. that's what's happening now. So take us top, down that road of before the pandemic, meaning the plans and 2020. You always bring that up, but the truth, but now the album's coming out in, in July. So kind of take us in that timeline after Snoop and some of the preparation getting up to July 24th. Is that correct? That's well, yeah, the first single on the from the EP is coming mm -hmm. out July 24th. We started writing this batch of music last summer um and we finished writing it around october so we wrote for about three or four months we wrote a big batch of songs and so far we've only we've decided to record the five that we recorded um because we wanted to put out this this first ep give you know a first taste of kind of the new evolution of lake into this you know left of center kind of edgy pop world so we finished and mixed and mastered and it was going to be ready to go for, we were looking for like starting in March to start releasing, but the pandemic happened. And so we put everything on hold because it was just the end of March was going to be the worst time. And 
it was not a good time. People are going through too much and it just would be in poor taste and just not, it was not the right time. So, and I want people to be able to enjoy this music and dance to this music. And I knew that it was going to ha- it was eventually, you know, going to need a moment, but it wasn't the time. So finally we are here now and about a month and a half ago, we said, you know, we've got to put it out at some point and stuff's not necessarily getting better for quite a while. Like we're in this thick of this pandemic, but I think people are, you know, have learned to sort of, we're all learning to, you know, uh, evolve into it and learning how to deal with it, you know? And I think people are ready to hear music now. And I think people are ready. They want to be happy again. And they're trying to hold on to the things that they can, you know, and live as normal life as they can while staying safe. So I think it's a good time to put this music out. And I hope that, you know, some of it is about, there's a couple songs that have to deal with the queer community um, because I am a part of the LGBTQIA plus community. Um, I'm bi, bi pansexual. And um, Bad Things, the first song that is coming out on July 24th is a single. It's a lot about my bisexuality, pansexuality, and kind of how you sometimes don't feel like you really fit anywhere because of that. Um, You know, you have straight friends that sort of start treating you differently when you come out about being bisexual and pansexual that are like your friends that you've been girlfriends with since you were kids that kind of like, I had a couple friends I've stopped being friends with because they started treating me almost like, I was going to hit on them or something. You yeah, know what I'm saying? They don't, it, it's almost like the worst thing it could be is by. Right. And right. It's like, where do you fit? And then for the gay community, I'm not gay enough. Like I'm not queer right. enough, you know? So if I go to like, there's lesbian spaces. I don't feel, you know, like I've been to that straight up. They are like, you're bi. Why are you here? It's so, it's not always as inclusive in the, LG, in the, in, within the LGBTQIA community as everybody says, you know, within, there's also things going on within, even though it is inclusive. And I love the community I'm part of, but I do know that there is bi, biphobia and people are biphobic, you know what I mean? In a lot of ways. Um, and they, so I, you kind of don't feel queer enough and you kind of then get treated weird by some of your straight friends. And so it's kind of about, bad things is about, going through that experience and not really knowing where you fit and the kind of the bad things that people tell you and you internalize, internalize and like letting them go. But I feel like that song could apply to a lot of things that people go through, not just me and my experience as a bi woman, you know, um, I think that applies to a lot of people's experiences in this world and the things that they have to deal with and they have to let go that people tell them, you know, that aren't really bad things. It's who they are and they, they're beautiful things, you know? Um, and the EP kind of, also has um, a little bit of socially conscious messages in it and in the lyrics and also um, a few is also, you know, there's some big dance elements in there. So it makes you want to feel, it makes you want to move and, and it makes you want to get up and do things, you know? <laughs> it makes you want to live. Yes. It makes you want to live. It's an experience and it's definitely more of a reflection. Like this music is more me than anything I've ever done. Like I'm really in my element, you know, it's like you grow each time. And I've, re- I've, I feel like I've hit my stride, you know, I'm, I'm like running now. I'm yeah. like running fast. <laughs> so as, as I'm listening to you, like, as we're doing this, I'm, I'm watching you go from this, you know, 19, 19 year old into the woman you are today. And, and I'm listening. One thing you just said was, you know, there's people you have to let go because you said your friends, you know, because they couldn't, they didn't know where they, you know, how to have you fit into their life. And, that's really important for somebody to learn at, you know, a young age, even as we get older. I mean, I'm 55. I didn't really learn that until, you know, about eight years ago. I really understand it. Like, 
those people that are, you know, either don't understand you or they're not going to bring the positivity to your life and lift you up, it's okay to let them go because sometimes they really weren't meant to be there anyway. And so to recognize that and to do that and not feel like you have to hold on to that relationship is a huge lesson you've learned at a very, you know, at a very young age. So I'm proud of you for doing that. Thank you. Yeah, that's important. I always say I would rather have a small group of really close people around me I can trust than like all these semi friends that are stuck. Every time you, I'm not saying don't have a bunch of friends or whatever. Obviously it's great to have friends, but just remember that everybody that you put your energy into takes energy from you. And then there's people that you put energy into that, that it's going both ways and they replenish your energy. And I feel like I want to surround myself with the people where I feel like the energy exchanges even. And I don't feel like I've been depleted by being around them. So I feel like it's better to have a small group of friends that with that kind of energy than a bunch of people taking energy from you. And that's so important. You're right to learn. It's like one of the most important things you can learn is how to spend your time wisely with yourself, you know? Yeah. It's all about that self-care. Mm-hmm. That's real self-care. Like yeah. bubble baths are great and all, but that's the real self-care. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like protect yourself, you know? <laughs> Definitely. For sure. It sounds like you're doing a deep dive or you have been. What have you learned from COVID? What has COVID brought up to the surface or has taught you during this time? I have seen that I definitely it's weird. Like I've, I've had to cut a lot of like certain people. Well, probably like not a small amount of people like out of my life because of the way they're handling it. And I think it's just very, you know, with some people that don't want to wear masks and some people that don't, especially people back in Texas, it's not here in California. Like I know people back in Texas that I've, there's a lot of people I've had to like unfriend on Facebook and whatnot. Cause they're, you know, posting about the masks infringing on their rights and all this. And it's just like, it's, that's just, it's just, that's just ludicrous. I mean, it's just science and it's been proven in countries that have had issues with this before for years that wearing masks helps to stop of all this, you know what I mean? It's scientific facts that this is something that, you know, if we just do would go away in a few months, you know, wearing a mask is a necessity. It's for the hell. I have Crohn's disease. So I have an autoimmune disease. So I see friends out and about just like acting like nothing's wrong at parties posting on their Instagram. And I'm just unfriending them. Like I'm not staying friends with people like that anymore. Cause like, if you're willing to just go like play Russian roulette with your life, and you're basically willing to just go out in town and you're just spreading that. I mean, it's really, to me, it's like cutting the real people I want to actually hang out with from the people I never would have wanted to associate with before. And I never would have known this without a pandemic, you know, that some of these people were so selfish, you know, like that they could just be so flippant with other people's lives like that, you know? Um, so I really, I'm on the side of, you know, people should be taking the precautions, being careful and cause you never know who you, you know, you could harm. And um, yeah, I think that that's, that's really for COVID has been a serious thing for me. So it has made me do a deep dive. You're right. Into saying, you know, where are my comfortability levels and what does it say about somebody if they're willing to put people like me and other people that are immune compromised or have issues that would make them, you know, higher risk at risk, you know? So Lake, I didn't realize you um, had Crohn's disease. So that's, um, I work with a lot of clients that do that and I help them with that. So that's what, yeah. So I'll message you some of the stuff, but um, with Jen, but um, 
that's got to be really hard too with what you do and you know it's pretty demanding on your body too so how what what do you what are some of the things you do to help yourself get through that well i figured it started kind of around like when i was like 23 22 23 i started having digestive issues and it's it, it it's genetic on um my one side of my family um so it i i didn't know none of my sisters have it but i you know one out of four was probably gonna get it <laughs> so um i but i didn't know about it until i i found it. until you need to know about something you know they never really told me and so i started having digestive issues but i didn't get diagnosed until i was about 26 I think because it's really hard to diagnose Crohn's. It's a weird thing if you like in remission after an episode for like a certain amount of time. And like I was tested like six different times and they tested me for all kinds of other stuff. Finally, I found out about Crohn's and it was a lot because I had to change my diet significantly. I had to go through a whole like elimination food situation for months, like probably six months, you know, like very serious, lots of allergy test situations, trying to figure out what I could and couldn't eat. Um, for me, I really got my diet on lock. I eat extremely like clean, healthy eating. I eat do low carb, low sugar. It's ex like carbs and sugar are your enemy for me, at least for Crohn's disease. I work out. I have to work out four to five days a week, um, to keep my like stress levels down because that feeds it as well. Um, and I am a big advocate of cannabis use. I am in a cannabis legal state. And it, uh, CBD oil and then smoking cannabis in the evening, um, helps me immensely. I've tried doctor, uh, the prescribed things from people at Cedar sinai that are medications and all this stuff. None of it helped me, you know, um, and the thing that helps me is keeping my stress down with working out, really regulating my diet and cannabis. <laughs> all right. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. It's got to be hard to do with what with the kind of work that you do, too. So it's really good that you're, you recognize that. That's good. For sure. So, okay, I'll, I'll just jump into the next question. When you did, when did you come out when, and announce it? Because, again, I even searched the Internet, and it's not coming up a ton. So tell me a little bit, Lake, when that happened. What was that time period? Well, I mean, I've known I was bi since I was in my teens. I had a serious boyfriend in my teens from when I was like a sophomore in high school to like freshman through like part of freshman or through like part of freshman year in college. So, I mean, I knew I was bi in my teens. I, I had already like before I started dating him when I was like eighth grade and freshman year, like had make out experiences with girls and, and you know, a couple dating experiences with girls. Nothing really big because I was in Texas and it was also like 1996, 1997 at the time. So it was a whole different world back then. And it, I didn't know, I didn't know a single person in my world that was out literally. I can't name one person because other than there was one, one individual in my life um, through a mother's friend that was out, but it was kind of not really talked about. And I went to a Catholic private school. So if you went, if you were, you couldn't be out, you would get expelled if you were out. So it's not an option. It's still not an option at the schools that I went to. So, oh my um, God. um, hold on. I'm sorry about that. So, um, I, you know, it was, and then I had a serious boyfriend for, you know, because I'm bi, I date men and women and, and everyone I'm pansexual. I date everyone. I, um, just regardless of how you identify. Um, and, uh, I, uh, when we broke up, you know, I finally, you know, started kind of dating women, you know, on and off and, or cause I was dating men too. And so I think at that point I didn't really have a conversation with anyone. My friends just kind of knew 
And I just never really talked to my family about it because they were very more on the conservative side and it just didn't really come up. And then when I was in California, I was just living my life and throughout my 20s. Um, and my, uh, at a certain point in my mid-20s, when I went, started going home to Dallas I, at Christmas, I just started saying, well, I'm seeing this girl and blah, 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 blah. And at dinner, kind of just said it, you know, casually out, you know, I think we were out at a Tex-Mex restaurant that I love in Dallas and I just casually kind of said it. And I remember my mom kind of made a face to kind of like, cause she just, you know, she wouldn't have an issue with it. She just, you know, and then my sister's kind of, and my sister was like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. And they just kind of like, it was not, it wasn't really a big deal. It was kind of like, I think it kind of just was like, we kind of figured, you know, Jules, you've always been gone to the beat of your own drum and it's just, you're very, you know, you've always like, been very loving of everyone so it makes sense you know it just I don't think it was that hard for them to understand um and it kind of just didn't really it wasn't some I don't have some huge coming out experience I don't have some and I didn't have some big struggle I mean I I, I present you know very straight and very femme in, in in the traditional way sense of the way people look at women you know so I, I don't have some tough experiences like a lot of my friends had that they've had to endure terrible things you know um in that way, but I kind of just threw it on my family and they just kind of took it in stride and as they should, because it's who I am and they should just love me how I am. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Jen, anything to add to that, especially with your story and stuff too? Oh my, yeah, my, my coming out is still coming out. I came out, I basically came out at the pride parade and screamed that and this was this was on the Choice Radio Network and it was a it's a Christian it was a Christian radio station I didn't take it down or anything I swear to God, but um, yeah I made in practice what they preached and so before I went they all they you know one guy that they were worried about I mean he's you know he's gay when he walks in the door you can't hide that right and he's on one of the shows and he's like girl you got to wear a tiara and here's your feathers and here's your bow and I went he gave me like I looked like Punky Brewster I was like Rainbow Bright or something you know. And that's my favorite way to look, obviously. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Are you a Punky Brewster fan? That's the, I'm a huge fan of her. That's yeah, it's like a huge Punky Brewster fan. I'm yeah, oh fan. my gosh. That's so, just awesome. Yeah. yeah, so in the middle of Ebor, I just, I went live and I screamed and I said, the mother of gratitude is being born in the Pride Parade. And this is my city and this is who I am. And I am so proud. Now, the flip side of it is I went back for myself and, and went back into theater and I just started getting back into music. And my friends in theater were like, well, that doesn't surprise us, Jen. Why are you all upset? I'm like, I wanted just to let you know. You know, and I started going to a gay church and I started looking around and I'm like, all of these people are just coming out and they're later on in life. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, I'm finding that that's amazing. And I think that's amazing. It's like, because I feel like it's like your journey, like when it's like your everyone's journey is their own journey, you know, not to sound cliche and it, but it's like, there's never too late of a time to like be come into who you are and admit, you know, be like, this is who I am and live freely and like live your truth and be yourself. And if that, if you're, I mean, I read an article about a woman that was like 83 years old and finally right. came out like that's freaking beautiful. Like I, I'm sorry that she couldn't, Feel, didn't feel comfortable before you know i wish the world was in a place where people had felt sure. comfortable coming before there's places where people still aren't feeling don't feel comfortable right. but I, we're getting places we're now getting more you know we're getting further along you know things are going you know we're we're in a movement right now for 
you know, the BLM movement for indigenous people's, you know, rights with things that are happening with what we've seen, like the territory in Oklahoma being given back to a lot of the native indigenous people. Um, you know, we're in a moment where LGBTQ community and especially, especially the, the POC LGBTQ community is really, you know, like we are here and we are going to be heard, you know, which is a part of the LGBTQ community that has been you know, kind of on the wayside and not really given its dues for so long, you know? So like, we're in an amazing time right now that it's a movement that's in, turning into a revolution where things are changing. And it's going to take a lot of time, but it's incredible. And I'm so excited that it's finally happening. Like if they can get rid of their fear, and this is where I come in because I want to, I want to scream from the rafters that, mm -hmm. okay, with gratitude, right? The heart of gratitude is love. Oh, hey puppy, what's your puppy's name? Zoltan. Zoltan, you are love, man. So the heart of gratitude is love. And we can turn the tide if we can have people take fear out of their life and put it in with gratitude. If you could just plug into gratitude, upload it, download it, whatever, because we're all looking up and do that, we could change everything. And you could open up more gifts in your life because you wouldn't be afraid of yourself and what somebody else thinks. My, my parents would always say, well, what will the neighbors think? And I'm thinking, well, you didn't care about that when it was my brother coming in the door at six o'clock in the morning, you know, in my room. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was completely different standards. They could do anything they wanted to, but the women had to to be, you know, just like this or yeah, else. We have a different curfew, a different ball. Exactly. Yeah. Everything, everything was different. And, and so mm -hmm. my own daughter, her name is Ryan. And when she was in the womb, I didn't feel like I was giving birth to a Jessica or a, you know, a girly girl. I thought she was really a tomboy. And I didn't know where she was going to be on the mm -hmm. spectrum. So I just decided I was going to name her the female version of Ryan. Our oh, I love capital A N N. And then she can be whoever she wants to be. That's amazing. I love that. Wow. And that's like, that's like not, you know, like, that's so cool that, yeah, you are, that you were ahead of your time on that. That's amazing. I love that. I and love that. So now they're without, without, you know, I mean, I haven't really come out, come out to them, but I've just said, you know, well, everyone's by everyone's somewhere on the, on the scale, you mm -hmm. know? Um, and it's just, you have to be truthful to yourself don't wait until you're later on in life be who you are now everything's going to be done it's going to be done now yeah there's there's no time there's no time like the present and there's you know no time to waste but whatever is on someone's comfortability level like coming out is something people do right. in their time when they're comfortable but if you are doubting or if you're feeling i i this is what i always say to friends that you know are in that that talking to me about stuff like this if you're feeling like you you know, want to say something like, go for it. Like, you know, I feel like that's, you know, it's you saying inside, like, I want to, you know, I'm ready for this. Maybe, you know, it's scary. It might be scary, but once you do, it's so freeing, you know, and I didn't have that huge coming out experience, you know, like that one moment type thing, because it was different for me. It was a little, it was a lot easier for me because of my privilege of how I look and who I am, you know, being a femme presenting woman, being a white woman. There's a lot of reasons, you know, but for a lot of my friends, it's like, you know, it's been so freeing for them that, that, and it's like, go for it. If, if you are feeling like you need to, to do it, just go for it. And, you know, I'm here for you. If you ever need anything, just find me, tweet me, DM me on Instagram, whatever, and let's talk. <laughs> hey, I appreciate that. So, uh, so like you made the comment about being Catholic. So I, I grew up Catholic and um, I remember when, um, 
you know, sitting across, I can't imagine your mom. It's cool that your mom is very, you know, it's very receiving because just a little bit of me telling my mom, oh, I'm moving in with my husband and we're not married yet. Just like freaked her out. You know, it's like calling everybody in a family. Can you believe what she's doing? And, you know, I'm like going, wow. So, I mean, I, I was sitting there saying, I'm like, boy, if I did that with my mom, it would be a whole different story. So <laughs> with that said, I mean, what, what do you say to the, to somebody, you know, the young, the younger generation that, that struggle with that, that they're worried that their family is going to, you know, have this whole thought process, you know, what, what empowering words can you share with them? I mean, I, I, growing up Catholic, and I personally am not religious anymore, I'm spiritual, but growing up Catholic, yeah, it is, it is difficult because like I said, coming out like at my school, if I would have said I was bi, they would have expelled me. So there's, there's, I can't sit here and just say, oh, you know, live your truth and come out and blah, blah, because a lot of, because some kids don't have that option. They have families that are going to kick them out of their house. They are going to maybe get expelled from their school or excommunicated from their communities, you know, and so I, it's not so cut and dry, but if you do have a support system and you do feel comfortable, you know, and in, 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 it's just a matter of you thinking your parents might judge you or whatnot, you know, give your, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt if you do have supportive parents and, and loving parents, you know, give them, because there's, your parents really will surprise you a lot of the time. And I've seen a lot of people's parents that have been so there for them, they were like really scared. But there are legitimately reasons to not tell people sometimes. And, so, and if you are in one of those situations, please remember that you will be 18 years old soon. And you are not that far away from that. And you just need to hold on. And you just need to find your people and your friends or, or maybe find a community center or something in your area where you can talk to people, people that you can relate to, maybe the LGBTQ community center in your area or there's resources if you want to reach out to me on Instagram, Twitter, anything. I'd be happy to, to put you in touch with different resources and groups that you could, you know, be a part of because you just need to hold on because there are people out there and there are places in cities that, outside of the small towns that you're in and outside of the places that you're in that are so limiting to you and do not understand who you are. And just hold on because you are going to graduate and you can go do all these things and meet all these people and find a world and make a world for yourself that is so beautiful and bright and everything that you want it to be. And just hold on, you know? And just keep going and stay strong. And if you need anything, please reach out to me. I'm at Lake Official on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. You, they'll put up all my information and find me. And I, I'm here to talk to you and, and help you in any way I can. That's but just hold on. Now, Jen, you have your gratitude question now. I do. I do. What was your gratitude moment throughout all of this journey? Like, what am I most thankful for in everything I've been? I, I think it's. I mean, one of the people I'm sitting with right now, um, in, in, you know, like people I've met like Zena that I work that I've been working with for Zena. She's been doing hair and makeup with me for four or five years to meet people like her. Um, I work with a director named Arelli who's become a close friend of mine. People like her, my producer, Adrian has become one of my best friends. I think in the, this journey of along the way, I've met some amazing people that are just beautiful, beautiful souls. And like, I'm lucky to be a part of that, you know, a team that has such, you know, beautiful, creative people. And that kind of, that puts everything in perspective when you think of like the sharks, the music industry and the blah, blah, blah. It's like on this journey and this music journey, I've also met the most incredible people. And I'm really thankful for that. You know, I'm really thankful for that. That's fabulous. And that's great that you are thankful for those things because that's what helped you get to where you are today and the next level of where you're going. Cause I could just see 
great things for you, for sure. And Jen, I know you want to close out the show. Uh, thank you again for coming on and uh, always just a great conversation and all these different things, but you can go ahead and close out the show, Jen. Oh, you're so sweet. Late, can we have you do um, a little thing where you're saying your name and that you're listening to the Gratitude Radio Network? Yes. Hey, y'all. This is Lake here, and I'm listening. Or, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> hey, y'all. This is Lake here, and you're listening to the Gratitude Radio Network. Perfect. Yay. All right. So we great job. Uh, great uh, connecting. Uh, yeah. Send me the assets, assets, like pictures, things like that, so I can use for social media and all that stuff for different repurposes because we'll have it on different networks and it's like it's airing again just in another way so it's great promotion for what you're trying to do and uh appreciate and, you coming by yeah amazing one of the things I, do, I just feel really like i wanted to put this out there um we've got some major people in the industry that that steve has worked with like madonna we've got reels of stuff from um analog that we're putting into digital with oh, wow. Eric Clapton, he's worked with the Beatles, he's worked with oh, wow. Paul McCartney. I got like wow. a reel of Paul McCartney. I would like to privately talk to you about maybe having you in on this project because at least it would further your career and put you in front of some people. I would, I, oh my goodness, I would love that. Please, let's talk about that. That, that sounds incredible. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. My phone number, I'll, I'll just. Neil, can okay. you give her my information or? Can yeah, I I'll just text it to her right now because I hate your cell, right? You got my text just now. Yeah, you got my cell, the 310210. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll group text you guys, okay? Sound good? So that way, yeah, because we're putting together not just his listening room, but he's got like Emmys and he, I dusted oh, his Oscar last week. I mean, it's-, it's Oh sick. my God. And this is, you just feel like a perfect fit. This is LGTB. We have lesbians that are on board doing this, which is hilarious. And they're the cute and so this kind of just kind of fits in with where this is so okay amazing i would love to yes please let's get in contact i'm excited all right i'm group texting you right now okay cool y'all it was so great to meet everybody y'all are so amazing and i had such a great time thanks appreciate it it's great it was awesome so great job keep up the good work Thanks yeah. all so much, and I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you. Take care. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Neil, and thank Bye. you all for listening on your beautiful day, the Gratitude Radio Network. I'm Jennifer Hall, the mother of gratitude, and you've been listening to Lake, and we will be showing you some of her music soon. Remember, you are blessed, you are loved, and you are sacred. Mwah. Have a beautiful day. I love you.